Welcome to Wednesday Night Worship at First Baptist. Tonight's speaker is Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we are so thankful to be able to join our hearts together in worship of you. And Lord, now as we turn to your word, we pray that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds to make us more like Jesus and more faithful and effective as instruments in the Redeemer's hands. Help us be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight we continue on our journey through the faith stories told in Hebrews chapter 11, that great hall of faith, and we return yet again to Hebrews 11.32. Let me read Hebrews 11.32 for us again, and then we'll focus in on one of the figures who is listed in this one verse. The author of Hebrews writes, as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, saying this, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets. Well, tonight we are going to look at the life of Jephthah. Jephthah's story is told in Judges chapter 11 and the first half of Judges chapter 12. But we're going to focus in on a few portions of Judges chapter 11 to pick up a few lessons from the life of Jephthah. Now, as with all the judges, Jephthah is a flawed figure. Uh, He is not even close to perfect. And we're going to see that even in his lineage, in his family line, uh, he had some things that caused other people to look down upon him. And we're going to be encouraged again that God uses imperfect people who come from imperfect circumstances to do His will. And I'm so thankful for that because if He didn't, well, that would exclude you and me from being used in God's kingdom. So look with me at Judges chapter 11. We're going to start with the first three verses of Judges chapter 11 to see exactly where Jephthah came from. The Bible says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, and Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob, and worthless fellows collected around Jephthah and went out with him. The first thing we see about Jephthah is that he was the son of a prostitute. And Jephthah didn't have anything to do with that. You don't get to choose your father and your mother. You don't get to choose that your father made a bad decision to cheat on his wife with a prostitute. Nevertheless, Jephthah's half-brothers hated him, despised him, because he was not their full brother. He had come from another woman, and so they ran him off, and he fell in, and worthless fellows surrounded him. But I'll tell you, just as a reminder, just as Jephthah couldn't control his family tree, neither can you or me. And there may be things that come in your past, long before you ever came about, uh, that you have no control over. And it may be that the enemy has lied to you or used even people to lie to you and tell you that you are somehow less than because of those who are in your lineage. Well, hear again that that is not the case. And God does not look down upon you because of where you came from. No, God knit you together inside your mother's womb. And regardless of the circumstances surrounding your birth, you are God's special creation. He loves you. And He has purposes for you, plans for you. 
just as he had plans for Jephthah. And so don't allow others, particularly the enemy, to despise you for things over which you had no control. And please do not believe the lie that you are somehow less than because of the circumstances surrounding your birth. No, God knit you together inside your mother's womb. From the moment of your conception, you are His wonderful work, and you are His wonderful creation. Let's continue, uh, beginning in verse 4 of chapter 11. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, Come and be our leader, that we may fight against the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the Ammonites and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Here's the thing. The judges were appointed by God, but Jephthah in this case was not appointed by God. He was called by the people. And this kind of foreshadows something that's going to come later in the life of Israel um, that God said would be the case, um, but that the people who were led by God would rather have been led by a king. And when the people called Jephthah to go out against the Ammonites, notice that they said, we want you to go and fight against the Ammonites and be our head. This would foreshadow something that would come, honestly, during um, the life of Samuel that would occasion the rise of, of the kingship in Israel and the calling of Saul to be king. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 through 9. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. And we know what happens next. Saul is raised up to be king, and Saul's qualifications for being king are, frankly, that he's tall, dark, and handsome. He looks the part. Um, but how many times do we have to learn that just because somebody looks the part doesn't mean that God has lifted them up to play that part? And Saul would be detrimental to the people of Israel. And uh, God would take his spirit away from Saul. God would take the kingdom away from Saul. Uh, well, Jephthah kind of foreshadowed this. When the people wanted a mighty warrior to go out before them, just as the people would later want a mighty king to go out before them instead of trusting Almighty God. Well, Jephthah was a flawed human being. Jephthah not only came from a difficult situation, but Jephthah also, well, he made some bad decisions of his own. And further down in Judges chapter 11, we see a rash vow that Jephthah made. And I want us to see this story and, uh, and learn from Jephthah's mistake. This is Judges chapter 11, beginning with verse 29. 
Then the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed on to Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead he passed on to the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, and said, If you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them. And the Lord gave them into his hand. And he struck them from Aroer to the neighborhood of the Menith, twenty cities as far as Abelkar and Mim, with a great blow. So the Ammonites were subdued before the people of Israel. Then Jephthah came to his home at Mizpah. And behold, his daughter came out to meet him with the tambourines and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter. And as soon as he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you have become the cause of great trouble to me, for I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. And she said to him, My father, you have opened your mouth to the Lord. Do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, now that the Lord has avenged you on your enemies, on the Ammonites." So she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Leave me alone two months, that I may go up and down on the mountains and weep for my virginity, I and my companions. So he said, Go. Then he sent her away for two months, and she departed, she and her companions, and wept for her virginity on the mountains. And at the end of the two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to his vow that he had made. She had never known a man. And it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went year by year to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in the year. Jephthah made a rash vow to God in exchange for victory over the Ammonites, and it cost him his daughter. Jephthah vowed to God something that he ought not to have vowed to God. And the thing about it was, you didn't have to make a vow to God, but in this day, once you made a vow to God, you had to carry out your vow, unless it was sin. And quite frankly, Jephthah could have not carried out the vow because it was sinful for him to so do. Nevertheless, Jephthah opened his mouth and it cost him dearly. In the New Testament, Jesus said, Do not swear by God or by heaven or even by a hair on your head because you don't have control over God. You don't have control over heaven. And some of us are learning as they turn color. We don't even have control over the hairs of our head. Jesus said, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. So what can we learn from Jephthah here? Well, we can learn not to run our mouths, quite frankly, not to open our mouths rashly. Um, James, in his letter, talks a great deal about the power of the tongue, that even as great ships are steered by small rudders, so also lives are impacted so deeply by the power of such a small part of us, the tongue. So we should watch what we say. We should watch how we say it. And frankly, we should let our yes be yes and our no be no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. Again, we have to ask, just as we did last week in discussing Samson, why would the writer of Hebrews, carried along by the Holy Spirit, include Jephthah in the great hall of faith? Well, Here's the bottom line, and here's the encouraging thing. God uses flawed human beings for His purposes. God is able to use even sinners to accomplish His will. 
I'm so encouraged by that because if he didn't, then he couldn't use me. He couldn't use you. But God is able by his grace and in his sovereign and providential reign to use people like us. So I pray that we would be encouraged and that we would be the kind of people who continually return to God and say, Lord, there are offensive ways in me just as there were offensive ways in Jephthah. And we pray that you would remove those things from us and help us be better suited to be instruments in the Redeemer's hands, all for your glory. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. And we thank you so much that you use flawed human beings. We pray that we would not listen to the lies of the enemy about where we have come from, but Lord, rather that we would recognize that we are created by your hands in your image for your glory. And that you so love us that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Lord, we pray that as we seek to trust and follow Jesus as Lord, that even when we make mistakes, that we would return to you, that we would return, repent, and believe, and we would continue to grow closer to you every day, every moment, that we might become more like Jesus. Help us to be faithful as we know that you are always faithful. And Lord, in this moment, as we have gathered for worship, we join together our hearts and our minds and even our voices to pray that prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. And in so doing, we will answer the question, whose Father? Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to worship with us tonight. And we would love for you to come and join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. as we gather to worship our risen Savior. His name is Jesus. God bless you.